0: You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 103. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Ryan Mitchell about tiny living. Ryan built his own tiny house as a novice carpenter and has some interesting advice about living in such a small space. We get into what it was like to build it, how much money he has saved, his decluttering process, and what he misses the most. If you've ever thought about living tiny or you just think they're interesting, stick around because you're going to enjoy this episode. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, my want-to-be minimalist friend, welcome back to the show. We have another guest episode for you today. We're chatting about tiny homes again. Many of you enjoyed my guest interview in episode 95, where I discussed the positive environmental impacts of tiny living. And so I wanted to bring you another guest to talk about his journey toward living in a tiny home. Living in only 150 square feet for years, Ryan Mitchell has learned a thing or two about living simply. From downsizing to life simplification and designing a life that's right for you, Ryan brings a lot of experience and practical knowledge to the table. He built his own tiny house in 2012, learning as he went along, which inspired him to help others in their journey to live small. Today, he still lives in his tiny house full-time and off-grid with Solar, teaching others how to live simply. As a bestselling author, he's been featured in the New York Times, BBC, Associated Press, Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, Mother Earth News, Tree Hugger, and NPR. Give today's episode a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 103 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Ryan's website and the resources we discuss. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 103. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi Ryan, welcome to the to Be Minimalist show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, thanks for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I am so excited. I always love talking to people that are living in tiny homes because it is different than my experience right now. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about a little bit today. So for my listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to your journey of tiny living?
1: Yeah, so Ryan Mitchell I'm the owner of the life.com. And there I just kind of catalog my journey and like how other people can live a more simple life. And we started initially doing that with tiny homes. Now we also talk about minimalism and homesteading as well. Uh, but, you know, kind of our roots are tiny houses. So I got into tiny homes back in 2009 when the Great Recession kicked off. I was kind of coming out of grad school, got my first adult job, was feeling good, and then here came the recession and pulled the rug out of, you know, out from under a lot of people, including myself. Um, The the company I had first landed my job with decided that it was going to close after the recession, and we were all out of a job, and so that kind of got me to a Take a minute and pause and reevaluate things. And that's when I made some decisions for, you know, the rest of my life, basically, and kind of got me on the pathway to a tiny house. So that that was kind of the impetus of how I got into tiny homes.
0: Cool. All right. Well, um sorry for the hardships in 2009. <laughs> I mean, that was a fun time for everyone. But it sounds like you took that negative and have turned it into a positive and really actually kind of has become a defining moment for your life, which is pretty cool. Other than the monetary savings, which I'm sure was a big impetus for it, um what is something about living in a tiny home that excited you? I mean, I know it's been a long time, so there's probably been a big uh, you know, lots of changes. But can you remember back to when you first started? What it was that seemed so exciting?
1: Yeah. So i I like the idea. Well, one, I, I always wanted to build my own house. I, which I am not like a tradesperson at all. Like I, I worked a desk job, so like I had no business building that house. <laughs> so that there was that a tiny house seems like practical and reasonable for an amateur at that point. Um so I, I really did like that aspect of it, and it also just really set me up to facilitate a lot of of the other goals that I wanted to achieve. so you know you you hit it on of course, the financial the financial was a big one for me i yeah. I had a student loans, I had financial goals, all that kind of stuff, but it also meant that I could be more intentional and more flexible with the type of work that I did. At that time, I knew I wanted to be working remote, whether it was for myself or somebody else. Um, and that wasn't a big, that wasn't common back then, right? So um, looking for that, I, I knew that I may have to take a salary cut or something like that. Or um, what I ended up doing was striking out on my own and building that job for myself. So that was something that, um, you know, again, being in a tiny house kind of facilitated me making that jump to self-employment, entrepreneurship, things like that. Uh, It let me also take a little bit more control of my time. So I I didn't need to be working a job as much to pay for the the, the house I was living in. Uh, When I wasn't working, I wasn't you know, cleaning it as much or, you know, fixing it like, you know, in a big house, it, it scales with maintenance and cleaning time and all that kind of stuff. I can clean my house pretty deeply in under 30 minutes. So, you know, that that's pretty good. And that's like a full deep clean where most people couldn't get out of one room in 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, there was just like a lot of, um, you know, benefits and, and brought a lot of flexibility to my life, which meant that I could have options, which was something that I was really seeking um, at that point was, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I want flexibility in those choices. I want to control over my schedule and then where I actually did the, you know, earning an income and things like that.
0: Oh, very cool. Okay. So I know sometimes people have tiny homes where they are, uh, you know, they travel with their tiny home, so it's more like a trailer and they can pull it, but I think yours is stationary. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So mine's built on a trailer, but, okay. um, I have moved it once and, uh, don't look forward to moving it again. <laughs> so I get, again, it gives me the option. Um, but, yeah, towing a tiny house is not for the faint of heart. You need a very big truck to do it. Um, you know, tiny houses are sure. pretty heavy uh, kind of things. And then it eats up a lot of gas in the process too. So uh, yeah, mine is stationary. And so what I would do is I would um, the kind of home base, if I, if I wanted to travel, I could home base on my tiny house and then go out and Airbnb it for long terms and, And that's one of the things I did was I went and lived in Croatia for a little bit. I went over to the West Coast for a while, you know, came back and I always had a nice little home to come to. So it was kind of like the best of both worlds.
0: Nice. Where were you at in Croatia? We spent a month in Split.
1: Yeah. So I spent uh, two months in Split and like a month and a half in Zagreb and then like another month just running around. The, cool. The country there. Yeah. So. Nice.
0: Yeah. We liked it a lot. It was really fun. It. Yeah. It's beautiful country. Absolutely gorgeous. Hmm. Um, which I think is one of the things I love about San Diego. When I drive up in the hills, it still reminds me a little bit of driving up in the that. hills yeah. in Croatia. It's so fun. Anyway, sorry, friends, we're getting a little off topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So what's been one of, I think we kind of talked about covering there. We talked about a lot of your favorite things. Like it makes it easy for you to be able to clean and, you know, you don't have to worry so much about, you know, you feel a lot more freedom. So what's been one of your least favorite things about living in a tiny home? Um, It's not all roses. No, no, (laughs) nothing ever is.
1: It never is. Um, I think the, the, The challenge that I've had is I wish I had a garage. Mm. I don't have Mm -hmm. a garage with my tiny house and not so much for parking my car, but like I, in building the tiny house, I really enjoyed woodworking and I don't really have a good space to do that. Um, So a garage would, you know, give me a convenient place to park my car, but also do some woodworking and just have a little bit more like bulk storage for like your lawnmower and things like that. So I, I think that would be one thing that it would be nice to have. Um, and then I also live fully off the grid. So oh, wow. I have, um, you know, solar panels with a big battery bank and like 99% of the time, it's great. And then 1%, it's like not so great. Um, and it's usually like in the winter months when the sun is like at its lowest and the days are short and things like that. So there's some strategies that I've kind of come up with and to offset that. But, uh, you know, when you are off-grid and you have solar, you are your own power company. So it's not like, oh, there's a power outage. there's some person getting in a truck somewhere to, to go fix it for you. You're the your own power company, so right. Um, there, there's been a few occasions where I was like, and it's it's never at like, you know, one no, o'clock it's in the afternoon. No, it's <laughs> two a.m. It's freezing rain outside, and for some reason, something's not clicking in your yeah. your inverter or something like that. That's how it always goes. So, uh, But I would say, by and large, um, that has been mostly positive, but uh, it's not without its knocks too. Sure.
0: Of course. Yeah. Um okay, so you said you started you know the whole tiny house movement came to you back in, you know, 2009. Mm-hmm. Um I'm curious about what you think where you think tiny houses are going. Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to ask you a quick question. Is your home running as smoothly as you'd like? Is it the refuge and the retreat from the crazy world that you'd like it to be? Or do you struggle to get it organized and keep it clean? It's okay, I used to struggle too, but you don't have to stay in this space of defeat. Let me help you declutter, organize, and clean your home and give you the life-changing systems that will help it run as smooth as creamy peanut butter or sun butter, if that's your thing. If you're ready to fast track your progress and stop trying to piece it all together on your own, check out my course, Tidy Home Academy. It's an on-demand video course that you can start today and make real progress. What are you waiting for? Check it out at wannabeclutterfree.com slash tidy, or you can cheat and just go to the show notes. There is nothing wrong with taking the easy path sometimes. Go ahead, you'll thank yourself later. And now back to whatever amazing thing was being discussed on the show. What do you think the state is of tiny houses? Do you think they're still as popular as they once were? Do you see them gaining in popularity? I know there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but I also think, like with COVID, people did a lot more at home. So I don't know. I'm trying to determine whether that's going to mean more people want bigger homes or they want more flexibility with their tiny home. I'm curious what you've been seeing.
1: Yeah. So I, I think, um, you know, when people stay at home more, uh, they're, they're looking at their space a little bit more critically. Uh, but I think also with like the current, you know, housing costs and things like that. And then also, I think COVID also highlighted people's interaction with like how they make money. Right. So they real, they, they may be doing the calculation here. And I think a lot of people were is like, Hey, how much do I really need? And to, you know, pay the bills to keep the lights on, to have a little bit of spending money. But I, I think a lot of people also realize like, you know, spending time with my family is really important. And what's the, cost benefit analysis here of a larger home where I have to spend more time away from my family versus maybe a moderate home. And I get to spend a lot of time with my family because I can take a less stressful job. I can maybe go half time or three quarters time, or maybe instead I um, kind of shift up my lifestyle a little bit and move to a little bit lower cost of living area. And then remote work at like, let's say a nonprofit that really like activates me and, and just, you know, kind of aligns with my values a lot better than like a large corporate corporation that just doesn't care about people, right? Yeah. So you're able to, I think there's a lot of questions with COVID that came up about like, how do I find this alignment? What, what is the give and take of employment? Um, how can I find a new employer or work with the one I have to find the ideal situation for me? Um, and then I think, you know, housing costs are are going up and up and up are crazy right now. Um, and we're probably at some point headed towards a recession, and that usually, you know, the housing market comes into play there. Uh, t- people tend to start to look at tiny houses when housing costs get out of alignment. So yeah. I live in San
0: Diego. They are insane,
1: right? (laughs) It's outrageous right now. So, um, you know, people are just looking for different options. And, uh, I built my tiny house for about $25,000 and that was, I did it myself. For the most mm-hmm. part, and mm-hmm. that was basically cooled into just shy of two years' worth of rent at that time. And then since yeah. then, I haven't had rent, haven't had a mortgage. Um, I also don't have a power bill anymore. Yeah. so I, I, I like I calculated it up and I've saved over a hundred thousand dollars since I moved into my tiny house after you know recouping the initial investment into the home. Hmm. Um and so my cost of living now is just so dramatic. I went from about fifteen hundred dollars in rent utilities, et cetera, down to fifteen dollars. Hmm. Right. So like I can literally go work at like a fast food gig for a yeah. couple hours and cover yeah. <laughs> my housing costs, right? Right. You, know, it, it, you really need to. But um so yeah I, I think the kind of the future of tiny house it's it's never going to become a mainstream thing but what i think it'll do is help people start to think about you know what do i really need to enable the life i want to lead to set you know to kind of align with my goals and so it may start a conversation with you or your spouse or whoever um on like hey maybe we don't need Three thousand square feet. Maybe we could, you know, very comfortably find uh, a little bit nicer house at two thousand square feet. That's thousand dollars less than a mortgage a month, or something like that. Let's say, um, and we suddenly can live way with better within our means. We can put money away for retirement. We can save for a rainy day. That reduces our stress. That you know, it, it just starts to snowball. So. I think that's probably going to be the larger impact of the tiny house movement as, as it is, is that it just opens conversations for people about how else we could do it versus mm-hmm. like the standard American pathway that a lot of people do of, you know, go to school, get a job, find someone to marry 2.5 kids, red car <laughs> fence, you know, and then you realize, uh, you know, with that, the average American household is at thirteen thousand carries thirteen thousand dollars of credit card debt. The average American household can't handle an unexpected four hundred dollar you know payment of like a car bill or something like that. Seventy five ish percent less I saw of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and growing. You know, so like the American dream isn't working for many, many people. So I think we need to start to talk about, okay, what are the options and how can we take charge of our life in meaningful ways?
0: Yeah, interesting. We will be right back. And now back to the show. Tell me a little bit more. So you said your housing costs used to be about 1500. Now it's 15. So that means you own the land where you have your tiny home and you are in North Carolina, you said, right? Yes. And um so obviously you paid for the tiny house you paid for all of the power stuff that was necessary so uh, you have all of that and then you bought the land where it is so just kind of break that down because as you worked through that number I wasn't it wasn't quite calculating in my head
1: Yeah yeah okay <laughs> so um I think the the one thing uh, I will point out is that um at the time when I moved into my tiny house I was just living on a friend's piece of land that they okay. let me stay there for free. Got it. Um, so that, that part of the equation um, kind of closes the, that question for you a little bit. But the, the flip side of that is because I've saved so much money, I went out and bought some land uh-huh. with the money I saved, Got it. cash. And so now I own land, even though my house is still on my friend's property. Um, so then with that uh, basically, uh, it, it came down to, I had a water bill that was a few bucks a month, and then I have propane that's a few bucks a month. Um, and then, you know, just like some random kind of things there that come make up that $15. Got it. So, okay.
0: That makes more sense. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. And then your property taxes are probably lower because as a, as a tiny home, it's not considered a, you know, the structure in and of itself isn't included in the, Tax calculations, right? Right, yeah, because it's it's just vacant trailer, land,
1: it, right? Well, yeah, so it's, it's vacant land, and my friend, um, you know, he doesn't have any pay taxes on it at all. Got it. You know, he it's his land. He pays. It's not a lot because it is empty. Um, and then I pay property taxes on the actual trailer that my house is built on.
0: Okay, but in
1: my state, you can prepay the taxes for when you buy the trailer for seventy five bucks, and then you're done. So yeah. Uh, so there's no actual property tax or taxes on my, my house.
0: Interesting. All right. Very cool. It just goes to show you, I mean, there's all sorts, it's it's different for every state and there's all sorts of things, but I was just, um, I'm kind of a numbers nerd guys. So I like to like, Look at those things. All right. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with me everyone. Sure. All right. <laughs> so let's say people are interested because I do think that there is this moment happening where people, I mean, you see it everywhere, you know, people aren't going back to work at jobs where they don't feel um they're getting a fair shake and they are making these decisions saying Look, I I know I'm worth more. I know that I don't need all of this stuff to make me feel good and to be happy and to live the life I want to live. So I am looking to downsize. I am looking to go smaller. Where would you say people start if they are interested in a tiny house?
1: First, like realize what tiny might mean for you, right? Mm-hmm. Because I live in 102 square feet that there's no rule about what square footage you need to be to be a tiny house like i i you know people always try to pin me down i'm just really not interested in like hard and fast rules because tiny houses kind of made a name for himself by by saying like let's just break the rules you know like uh these are kind of things put on us so figure out what is maybe right for you and that could be a thousand square feet that could be 500 that could be 150 square feet you know if it's you and another person maybe you need more space if you both work from home well you probably need a little bit more space or have a co-working thing or whatever so yeah you you might realize that you you need a a lot smaller space than you're currently in it could just be like maybe we're not going to live in the ritziest part of town maybe we'll just live in like a you know safe part that isn't as you know, fashionable. maybe we're going to move closer to family that's in lower cost of area, or maybe we're just going to up and, and choose like a new place for us to live. You know, you, you can figure out whatever um, the way to live tiny means for you, like do like, you know, listen to other people, but make your own decision, figure out what th- that is for you, because that's probably the more important part here is defining what you're trying to achieve and then go after that intentionally. Um, And it's it's a lot different than how most people live their lives. They kind of go through this autopilot kind of scenario where they don't take a step back and ask like, okay, everyone else is doing this, but is that right for me? Um, So take that time, take that step back, have the conversations you need to with the people that matter and then develop a plan and then go forward. So That would be step one. Um, From there, like if you do decide to go the tiny house route, you know, typically on a trailer um, where it's mobile, and that's usually has a lot of advantages. um, You're looking at between 150 up to about 300-ish feet. Um, So if you think that that is the right size for you, then you could go on a tiny house for a trailer. Uh, if that's too small, then you're probably going to have to go to a foundation, you know, a fixed house, and, and you can find small houses or build a small house. Uh, it can be challenging, but you can do it. And then, um, you know, I, we have a lot of resources on the website about, like, how to choose a design, figuring out what the design needs to do for you. Um, then going about, like, figuring out your floor plan and then all the, the building steps from there. Um, I will say that if you want to live tiny in a tiny house, uh, about half it, it, the question comes up, should I build a tiny house mm-hmm. myself? Even if I don't know how, or <laughs> should I buy one? And it's basically, if you build it yourself, it's going to cost X. If you have someone build it for you, it's going to cost two X. Uh, so let's say $25,000 materials, Uh, to build it yourself or $50,000 or more uh, to to have someone build it for you. So I don't know that the ROI is always there for people if they have someone else build it. Um, I'm a pretty strong proponent of do-it-yourself Even if you don't have experience, even if you've never used power tools before, I think it's totally possible. And I've seen the most unlikely people, including myself, right? I was a, you know, HR, you know, desk person before, never used power tools. And then I was building a whole house. So it will be one of the more difficult things you do, uh, but it is possible for you to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge DIY fan myself. So, you know, I've built tables and chairs and couches and redid a kitchen and all sorts of stuff. So, and I agree, like I, you know, I didn't necessarily grow up doing that stuff, but it is, it is possible. And YouTube does make things a lot easier these days, but also if time is of the essence and you have the money, you know, I don't necessarily think there's anything bad with somebody. I don't want to discourage somebody from buying one. If, they feel like they, that works for them. So again, just like everything, there's always, it, you know, pick what works best for you. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about decluttering and organizing because you keep saying that you live in 150 square feet. Do you, uh, are you in your tiny home by yourself or do you share it with a partner?
1: Oh, so in my task just me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great. Just so nice. what is give us some of your favorite decluttering tips or way to organize. How do you, how did you go from living in your, um, $1,500 a month, uh, place? I don't know how big that one was, but down to 150 square feet, that's pretty Mm -hmm. tiny. So, uh, what were some of your favorite ways to declutter or tips you have for us there?
1: Yeah. So I, when I was in my old apartment, it was about thousand square feet at that point. And what I decided to do was um, I had an extra room and it was just at that point pretty much empty. So I cleared, cleared the rest of it out and I used that as like a staging area to be like, okay, what do I want in my tiny house? And in some cases I was like, oh, I know I want this item. Okay. So I brought it in that room. Um, I know uh, I want like certain kitchen things, but I was like, I don't really like the like, Either the kitchen things that I have weren't going to work um, or I didn't really love them. You know, this was like, a, you know, you, you, this was kind of before Marie Kondo, but like, did it bring me joy kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I went out, bought specific things and put it in that room. And so I, I basically worked through exactly what needed to go into the house, what I wanted to take with me. And then I knew like everything else in the apartment was going to go, um, once I made the move. And then from there, I actually designed the tiny house storage from the ground up to hold all that stuff. And then, you know, with some margin, uh, like if I bought something new or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I started with like exactly what I wanted and was intentional about those choices. Um, you know, leading up to that point, I had been decluttering for years with, you know, kind of common practice and, and things like that, just figuring out what I use, you know, commonly. And if like, it wasn't used, I would just declutter it. If it didn't serve me or declutter it. Um, I think through the process, I kind of built the muscle of decluttering and mm-hmm. was able to detach myself emotionally from a lot of the things, you know, there's certain like, sentimental things that were important to me but then the rest of it was just fair game right like if I didn't use the thing every single day or every single week and I didn't enjoy using that thing and it didn't bring value uh like it was gone um so leading up to the tiny house I was just like in that practice of it and then once you get into a tiny house 150 square feet is not a lot of space so it kind of self-regulates a little bit because you start to get a little bit too much you're like oh my god i'm like stepping over stuff Yeah, it's um i i just distinctly remember when i first started living my tiny house i would uh you know come home and maybe like put down my bag uh, on the floor and then you realize like well now i'm stepping over because the floor isn't that big so like it just takes up the whole great room of my tiny house. (laughs) So like it forces you to one declutter and two, like keep things neat. Um, And just with that small space, it just kind of keeps you honest uh, to those things.
0: Nice. Well, I love that it came from a place of positivity, right? So it came from a place of what do I want to keep instead of what do I want to get rid of? Um, I think that probably made that, that a little bit easier for you to, to then say, and cool that you had that extra room because, like, as you put stuff in that room, you caught, yeah. it probably was a little bit close to the amount of space you would have in your tiny home, so exactly. that kind of worked out cool. All right, awesome. All right, so what did you do with that sentimental stuff? Because people ask me that all the time. How did what did you do with it?
1: Yeah, so with that, I I, I didn't have a ton of it, um, but I did have some. So I, I basically just bought a uh, Pelican case, which is like this heavy duty weatherproof case okay and i just said okay this is the box anything like it was big but it was like anything that can fit this um i'm just not gonna like have any grief over it and just say like i get to keep it and then so i i kind of use that as a self-regulating thing to be like what makes the cut and what doesn't and you know so you know high school yearbooks went in there photos went in there things like that diplomas and and all that kind of stuff and then i i have that um you know stored there so it's you know i can go through and whatnot when i want to but yeah i kind of just like limited myself to a box and at that point you know some people have like oh my grandmother's armoire like i didn't have Mm -hmm. any stuff um It was just like books and photos and and things like that, that I kept.
0: Okay. Got it. So not too bad. Mm -hmm. All right. So I know that people are, anybody that's interested in a tiny house, you know, is going to want to come check out what your tiny house looks like. And I know you do post videos and you have, like you said, you have your website and and a blog on there. So where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So, um, pretty much all roads lead to the website. So (laughs) the tiny life.com. Um there you can see all of our socials. Uh but we, we put out a couple articles each week and it's again on tiny houses, minimalism, and homesteading. We kind of operate under the umbrella of just simple living. So uh you can live the tiny life through a lot of different ways and we're, we're kind of there to help show you how other people do it. Ex you know experts like you when we had you on Um, to kind of interview you for that article. And, um, you know, we just kind of try to help people through making decisions and the steps and the thought processes to Simple Living.
0: Very cool. All right. We'll definitely make sure we link to it in the show notes. So guys, check it out. I've gotten to see a tour of Ryan's tiny home on YouTube. So (laughs) uh, that is on there for sure. Um, And then one of my favorite ways to end every interview is with three rapid fire questions. So the first is, what does minimalism mean to you?
1: Minimalism means to me being intentional about the choices and, and behaviors in your life and finding the ones that are right for you.
0: All right. Number two, what is your favorite piece of advice or one of your favorite pieces of advice? It doesn't have to be your favorite, right? That you'd like to share today that maybe you didn't get to. It could be on life, tiny houses, minimalism, whatever you like.
1: When it comes to minimalism, one of the little practices I've kind of adopted is is what I call fix what bothers you. Mm. So there's something that it it seems simple, trivial, everyday, uh, you know, just figure out a way to fix it right then and there. And it may seem small, but that those little things kind of aggregate into a much higher quality of life in your everyday, And so they can have a big impact.
0: Yes. I love that. So good. So good. And then my last one, what is making you happy right now in this season of life?
1: Hmm. Well, it's finally spring here, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's nice to get outside and uh, enjoy this weather. So I I think, um, you know, we have lots of garden projects and things like that. uh, So that's been a, a big focus for us now.
0: Very fun. So you do have space then to garden in your tiny home, outside your tiny home, which is nice.
1: Oh, yeah. So the tiny house is on 32 acres. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I had a small house, big land. Big <laughs>
0: land. Lots yeah. of outside space. Oh, that's <laughs> great. That must be really nice. So. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, Ryan, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge and just your journey and, and what it has meant to you, because I know it's always inspiring to hear who hear from other people who are doing something that either we're interested in or aspiring to, or just find interesting.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. Have a great day.
1: All right. Bye.
0: bye. So what'd you think? Ryan is so chill. I think a lot of it probably has to do with living simply and not worrying about taking care of a big home. I mean, his housing costs are only $15 per month. I can barely get lunch out for that price in San Diego. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's easy to see the appeal. And I can definitely envision a tiny home in a retirement scenario for my life, but just not quite yet. But if tiny living is speaking to you, by all means, go for it. I've done tons of things in my life that are out of the ordinary and I think it's really cool that we live in a time where we can go after our dreams and try new things no matter how extreme or different they seem. I do love some of his decluttering ideas. And as we head into the summer, I'm going to be doing another declutter round in my home and another big one, I hope. And so I'm hoping that I can implement some of these changes. Maybe I'll look for a staging area in my home so that as we clear out one room at a time, I can pare it down to more of the essentials and pretend that I'm moving into a tiny home myself. So thank you again, Ryan, for joining me on the podcast today. And as always, thank you for joining me too. If you made it this far, please consider leaving me a review on Apple podcast. It absolutely makes my day and it helps me be able to get more guests on this show so that I can bring you more interesting and exciting information for you to discover and learn from. So don't forget, you can get the links for Ryan's website and his resources in the show notes on my website at wannabeclutterfree.com slash 103. Again, that is wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 103. Also, I hope you have a fabulous day and I will see you back here next week for a solo show when I will be discussing what to do when you hate decluttering. It actually has less to do with your stuff than you think, so you won't want to miss it. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers.